Yeah, okay then. We're here uh, broadcasting live. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Aren't we going to do Minnesotan yeah, this time? we should do it. Oh, geez, know. we're having a hot dish here coming up soon and some uh, cello with carrots in it. And so, uh, yeah, I'm Deacon Dan Goshi along with Father Anthony Craig. We're broadcasting live on Real Presence Live from St. Joseph Church in uh, Crosby, Minnesota. I'm sorry, Crosby, Minnesota. Yeah, that was better. And, uh, yeah. yeah, and so, okay, then. You, darn, darn tootin', you, you betcha. Know, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> our, <laughs> our guest is Madeline Shields. And uh, Madeline, hello, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, do you, ha- do you talk Minnesotan at all? <laughs> uh, no, just South no, Dakota. Just South Dakota. Yeah, yeah I did, there's a little, you, you hold the O a little bit there. Yeah. Get together for a barbecue later. Um, so, okay, uh, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House. But uh, tell sure. us a little bit, uh, first of all, a little bit about yourself, Madeline. Well, I am the director here at the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House. I have been here for um, almost two years, but I have an interesting background that I worked at a feeding ministry, which is um, just across the street from the current Bishop Dudley House, for 14 years. So I know a lot of the same um, clientele um, that we were feeding them where I used to work, and now we feed and house people. And so um, I'm originally from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I grew up here, and I am the youngest of 11 children. I'm the baby, and very, very far from being a baby. And um, <laughs> I'm married and have See what uh, you did there. three yeah. sons who are all grown up. So I've, uh, I've got seven brothers and, and three sons, so I I've, I've kind of was meant to work at the Bishop Dudley House. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God bless you. Yeah. No, your reward will be great in heaven. <laughs> so when was... Uh, okay, let's talk a little bit about the Bishop Dudley House. W- what is it exactly? Well, what we are is that we're an emergency homeless shelter. And so the difference between, you know, what we what we call about emergency homeless shelter and a homeless shelter is that we are um, considered temporary shelter. This is not a residence for people. You know, there are some homeless shelters that will um, bring people in and then they, they tend to their immediate needs, but then they have programs where they um, move them into a different program and they keep them at a different program. Um, maybe it's a sobering center or maybe it's um, um, a place where they do counseling and um, you know, job placement and have different kind of resources like that. That's not what we are. We are a place where people can come in and get out of the weather, whether it's um, hot or cold or windy or rainy, um, snowing. We are an emergency temporary homeless shelter where we hope people <clears throat> will come in. Um, we will meet their immediate needs and they may stay um, a week or a month or, you know, maybe three or four months if they have to, and then try to move on and, and become self-sufficient. Okay. And so you, 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 what I'm seeing here is it's, it's, uh, the, the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House is not just a homeless shelter, but a tool to help people get out of poverty. What, what is the tool? What, what, what kinds of things do you do? Sure. Well, when people um, are facing homelessness, there are lots of reasons behind it. Um, it could be that 
um, they've lost a job, um, they have no transportation, um, they're addicted to alcohol and drugs, um, alcohol or drugs or both. Um, and so that's what we see. And we see a lot of people who are suffering from mental illness. Mm-hmm. And, and so they are people who are in between. I mean, their families maybe have been they're at their, their wit's end, you know, that, you, that they have no resources left to help a family member, um, or they've lost their job. Um, and so, you know, there's a, a lot of reasons. Some people are just getting out of jail. Some are just getting out of prison. And if they're, they've failed at a halfway house um, and they, they couldn't stay sober, well, now they're homeless. And then they're on the street. And so um, there are other shelters in the city, um, and, and you've probably um, been familiar with other shelters in other cities as well. Many are zero tolerance. And we know um, that there is a population that is going to be on the street because they are addicted. Mm-hmm. And we cannot leave them out in the cold to freeze to death and die. And so that was the premise behind the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House is that we are open doors and open arms to anyone who is seeking emergency shelter. And so we are able to have people come in. We have a day shelter and we are a night shelter. So we're here all the time. Um, And they can come in even though they may have consumed a couple of beers or some alcohol. And so um, that's what sets us apart from all the other shelters. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, because actually there's a lot of those in the AM briefings where somebody was out in the cold and lost their life, you know, in that mm-hmm. situation. So this is, I mean, you're, you're answering to a need there. What a generous thing to do, I mean, with, with people there around the clock, too. Um, you must have some generous people that donate their time really to a lot of this and um, yeah oh, that's we, we have a yeah we it it is um, it started as a day shelter um, and it had been open for a very long time um, mm-hmm. called the Good Shepherd Center and it was like an eight to five day shelter where people could come in during the day and then there was another um, shelter in town. Um, however, they were not allowed to stay if they were under the influence. And so um, fast forward to 2014 where a woman lost her life who froze to death um, in November of that year. Oh. And so um, that's when our mayor and city leaders um, and our bishop got together and said, you know, something has to be done for those who... Um, cannot stay sober and who are seeking emergency shelter. And so that's when the Bishop Dudley House was, um, the concept of it began, and a committee was formed to um, research and fundraise, and they did it, and they did it in very short order because it was a crisis situation where we could not leave people out in the cold. And it's a beautiful place. Um, We do a lot of tours. We have a lot of visitors. We have very many uh, volunteers who come and help us. We serve uh, lunch every day of the week, and so we have volunteers that cover the cost, and um, they cook and and prepare the food. 
and serve it. What what uh, what are some of the success stories that you can share from the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House? Oh my gosh! Um, what's really interesting is we have um, we have a men's area, we have a women's area, and we have a family area. And families can sometimes be the most difficult people to house because of um, their backgrounds and depending on how many children they have and the size of the homes that they need. And just very recently, um, we had a woman and her two children staying with us, and she was only here for 18 days. Um, 18 days, and she turned her life completely around. She went from homelessness um, into having an apartment, and she and her two children were able to to move out. She had a full-time job with benefits and got into a place, and that was just last month. Um, So these success stories happen every day, and we don't just... Um, celebrate big successes like like hers. Her name was Chris. Um, we celebrate every success. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have people who, um, you know, got an ID to get an mm-hmm. an ID so that they could get a job. That is like moving mountains for people mm-hmm. who have no resources. And so that is a huge success to get an ID, to get a social security card, and especially during the pandemic, it was just incredibly difficult. Um, it's, it's regularly difficult, and then put a pandemic on top of it when all the offices were closed. Right. Um, and so we were seeing just a lot of people in need. And so we have lots of success stories. Um, we have success stories where people move out of their van and into our shelter. That's a success, mm-hmm. because they have finally decided that, yes, I need to be safe. I need to have... Um, I need to to have um, someone help me. When they finally decide that they will accept help, that's a success right there. Yeah, yeah. And, and how, how specifically do you help people with, with things like that? I mean, um, you know, is it just really all up to them to just, they just need a place so they can regroup? Or do you, are you guys actively involved in helping uh, make change? Oh, we're actively involved because, you know, people who become homeless are people who, who every turn it's been, have, has been uh, discouraged, you know, and you can only take so much of that um, and, and the failures and, and the disappointments for so long. And then someone needs to step over and, and give you a hand and pick you up and put you back on your feet. And that's what we do. Uh, we have case managers here. We have um, client advocates. Uh, we have um, a family coordinator. We have volunteer and activities um, coordinator. And, and everyone who works here plays a part. And the number one thing that is so important and that we train our staff to do is every person you meet, every person who walks into these doors, um, is treated with kindness, dignity, and respect. Because living in the streets, living in your car, sleeping on the ground, sleeping under a bridge or in a park or on a park bench is not dignified. And that's what we do is we offer them, come in, we'll get you some clean clothes, we will get you a shower, you can wash your laundry here for free, we'll get you some food. Um, and once you start treating people with dignity and respect, then they start to feel like they're worth something. Mm-hmm. And that is the number one success right there, is just getting people 
to understand that there's a reason that they are here. Mm -hmm. There's a reason that God made them and that they deserve all the successes that are, are available to them. Yeah. And that can be a really long road for many, many people who are, who are, you know, no one, you know, when, when you see people out and, and you see that they're struggling and many people look at people and say, you know, why don't they just go get a job? Um, trust me, no one has <laughs> ever beat themselves up more than the people who are standing there on that street corner. Right. Yeah, they right. are their own worst quit critic. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we need to start at the very bottom and say, you know what, you're worth, you're worth every ounce of, of effort that we're going to put into you. And for some people, um, it's a quick turnaround. And for some, it, it might take a year. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Well, uh, Madeline, we're going to take a short break, and we'll, we'll come back. I want to talk a little bit more about uh, where we've been and uh, where we're heading in the, in, the, in the months to come, okay? Okay, thank you. All right. Along with Father Anthony Craig, I'm Deacon Dan Goshi. We're broadcasting live from St. Joseph Church in Crosby, Minnesota, on Real Presence Live. Honor your Father by word and deed, that a blessing from Him may come upon you. Sirach 3.8 Our priests guide us on the right path and teach us about our Catholic faith. At Real Presence Radio, we'd like to honor them for helping to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Each week on Real Presence Live, we honor our fathers with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. You can nominate your priest to receive special recognition by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com. And thank you to all our priests for your service to the Holy Catholic Church. So what I find is that's a very important time, and they need role models who are being able to teach them about life in Christ, about the beauty of our Catholic faith, the importance of adoration and prayer, but also they begin to ask the questions about what am I going to do with my talents? Is there a way I can use them as God wants them used, rather than how am I going to be successful? I would say that while we always know the needs of our people uh, are, you know, growing, so too is, I believe, the response of young people to serving God's people. I would say this is a wonderful time for vocations. The church has a lot to share and is very hopeful. Look at Real Presence Radio. This is a sign of the Holy Spirit's work. It certainly came into being because of that. Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar. If you have lost anyone to a sudden or tragic death, you can still help them. Please visit our website, suicideandhope.com, and memorialize those that you love. There is no obligation or cost. You can simply enter their first name, initials, or a nickname, and I will personally pray for them and have a Mass said each month. Please, again, visit suicideandhope.com. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. 
Along with Father Anthony Craig, I'm Deacon Dan Goshi. We're broadcasting on Real Presence Live from Crosby, Minnesota at St. Joseph Church. Father Anthony is our pastor, and I'm one of the deacons here. Our guest is uh, Madeline Shields, and we're speaking about the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House in Sioux Falls. And um, um, Madeline, I, I, I might need to hear another one of your uh, success stories that, uh, you know, kind of start brewing one in the back of your, of your mind. But um, uh, sure. before we get to that, um, uh, it really resonated with me that the, the importance of restoring into people's minds, or maybe even introducing it to them for the first time, that they have value no matter what their circumstances, no matter what mistakes they've made, no matter what has happened to them, um, that these are, are prized, uh, beautiful, uh, wonderful souls in, in, in God's eyes. And in order for them to understand that, they have to see that in your eyes as well, in the eyes of, other, uh, of, of the rest of mankind. And that's one of the things that you provide first and foremost, it sounds like, as soon as they enter the door. It is. That is, that is what we have to um, know, is that they need to know that people care about them. And that's what we offer, first, first off. And, um, and then we accept them where they're at. And one thing um, that people need to understand is that we don't try to fix people or change people. Mm-hmm. Because that's not what we're here for. We can't expect others to live like we live or value things the same as we do. Because once we set those expectations, then we feel like we failed when they Mm -hmm. don't Mm -hmm. find the same value in material objects, you know. And so that's one thing that we really... um, stress to our staff and to our volunteers who are coming here um, that we have to let let our guests, and we call them our guests because that's what they are. Mm-hmm. They come here and they stay here and we treat them like they're our guests. And we have to understand that our what we value as important may not be what is important. You know, for them to have furniture and a house and a lawn may not be what is most important to them. You know, maybe um, living in um, in a um, transition place for a while is most important, and maybe um, getting back with family. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of Native Americans that um, want to get back to the reservation, and sure. they need to go back, and they need to be a better a better version of themselves before they go back. And so, that is uh, those are some of the things that we help with. How have you been able to, to provide um, for your guests during the, the past year of the pandemic? Oh, it was a challenge, um, especially with our guests who um, have a lot of the health issues. Um, many people who have been homeless or have been on the streets, you know, they don't have um, consistent medical care and dental care. Mm-hmm. And um, for them to come in to our facility, and we were requiring masks, and we got hand-washing stations right off the bat, and everyone who walked in um, was able to, you know, wash their hands, put the mask on. We have a day, men's day room, we have a women's day room, and then we have the overnight rooms. Um, we have a congregate area that's on the patio 
um, outside, but it's still inside our our um, on our property. But it's it's inside the walls of our building, and so um, our our city council and our mayor put into place um, a no lingering and no loitering ordinance, and all of the businesses had closed their doors to um, people who could not come in as a group, and they couldn't come in as a family to shop or whatever. Um, McDonald's and Burger King and all the fast food restaurants closed their dining rooms. And so our guests really found it difficult to sit still and shelter in place. Hmm. However, that's exactly what we had them do. Even though everybody was saying around the country, you need to have six-foot distance and you need to... um, distance everyone. Well, we were not able to do that. We had 150 to 200 people inside our shelter at one time. Mm-hmm. And so the best we could do is we distance people in the building as, as well as we could. And our COVID-19 numbers were much lower than our health department had ever expected. They thought it would run through our population like sure. wildfire, fire, wildfire, but it didn't because of the efforts that our staff made to keep people and to not have the open out coming and going, coming and going. Mm -hmm. And so we worked really hard to convince people that um, if you stay put, we are going to take care of you. And because with their health issues, many of them saw the news and said, anybody who gets this who has diabetes or um, um, chronic health issues is going to die from it. And, we convinced them that that was not the case. Mm -hmm. And so then they began to trust us. And we started doing activities. We had a volunteer and activities coordinator that, of course, no volunteers were coming. So all of her efforts went straight into what can we do to get the guests um, to to be comfortable here and Mm -hmm. to stay here. And so that's how we were able to um, keep people safe and keep our staff safe. Um, If someone was positive, they were moved to a, a shelter, a quarantine site, and then they came right back when they recovered. Uh, we had a lot of donors that helped us, um, you know, because we had so many more people in our shelter at that time. Uh, we had difficulty um, serving the food because we didn't have volunteers to help us. And so we had restaurants that stepped up and they made the food and wow. then donors would pay for that meal. And have it delivered. So it was our community came together. Yeah, it was great. So, you know, we've surpassed that. Our guests trusted us. um, And I think we proved to them that that they were our number one priority. And our guests all pitch in. They take care of this facility. They clean. They help cook. They help serve. Uh, we do not have a custodian on staff, and so they are invested in this facility. Okay. So as we look ahead to the hotter summer days, what are some of the biggest needs you might have? We only have about a minute to go here. Um, foot powder. Mm-hmm. And when you get 100 guys in one room yeah. Um, yeah. where we have beds for 80, um, mm-hmm. we need a lot of foot powder. Okay. Um, you can go to our website. It's really easy. It's bdhh.org. Bishop mm-hmm. Dudley Hospitality House.org. And we have a needs list on there. We always need, okay. um, you know, any kind of support that people want to send our way, we will gladly accept it. We do about 16,000 showers um, a year. 
um, 30,000 meals a year, 5,000 loads of laundry. Hmm. Uh, we have anywhere between um, 1,500 to 1,800 individual guests, and we have um, seven family rooms where we have up to um, six people staying in one room. Wow. So, so we, we are will... a busy place. We, yeah. w- we will see the list of your needs and uh, information on how to help you on the, on the website, bdhh.org, right? Very good. Okay. Well, Madeline, thank you so much. Madeline Shields from the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House in Sioux Falls. We appreciate your being with us today. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you, Madeline. And again, that website, bdhh.org. Eli is standing by to tell us about uh, the great improvements that will take place in the next Real Presence Live show. Excellent. Yes. I'm going to hand it to him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Deacon and Father. Great show today. Got another good one coming up for you on Monday morning. It'll be the best of Real Presence Live. We'll be focusing on uh, our military and uh, how the faith can integrate there. Father Sham- Sam Schneider will start off telling us how his vocational call to, and his call to serve his country in the military go together. Plus, Father Jeff Epler of the Diocese of Fargo will tell us about his conversion story and what led him to the priesthood. Plus, Monsignor Brian Donahue from the Diocese of Fargo will talk about his service in the military. All that and so much more is coming up on Monday's Best of Real Presence Live, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Then we'll be back with a live show on Tuesday morning coming to you from Duluth, Minnesota. So you'll want to tune in for those coming up Monday, the Best of Real Presence Live, 9 to 11 a.m. Central. And Tuesday, it's Rich, uh, Father Rich and Cindy Jennings hosting from Duluth, Minnesota. All that and a whole lot more is coming up next week on Real Presence Live. Right back to you. Very good. I, I had no idea you guys ever did a best of show. We won't have to worry about having an appearance on there. Anytime. Oh, no. I think we'll just sit back and listen to that one. Do you have like a, you know, most mediocre category, the, the, show, the show that you guys do? You know? Sign up for that. Well, you know, we do have the least worst of. Least, uh, worst, least worst of, of. yeah. Oh, that's the, perfect. The go for the bronze hour, you know, something like that, where, you know, we have at least a fighting chance. So. Yeah, 100% not the worst. <laughs> yes. Wait, it what? really could have gone worse, but... <laughs> I like that one. Well, very good. All right. Well, Father, do you want to uh, maybe give us a, a prayer and a blessing? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Mary, our Immaculate Mother, we look to you and we entrust our needs to you and all of those intentions that we are praying for. Hail Mary, full of grace, the the Lord Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray pray for for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that'll do it. Father Anthony Craig, Deacon Dan Goshi, broadcasting from St. Joseph Church in Crosby, Minnesota, on Real Presence Live. We'll see you again next time. God bless you. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence radio network.